get the knowledge that you can for free, pay a little bit of money to get some more refined knowledge, and then go take action. That's it. Action will teach you more than any mentor or coach. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Gary Spencer Smith. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate your time and your effort to put this together for everybody. Oh, no, thank you so much. And I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today and looking forward to our conversation. Before we get into that conversation, though, a little bit about Gary. He is a full-time real estate investor for the past eight years and has 20 years of investing experience in total. And his portfolio consists of 24 single-family homes, a five-cabin holiday resort, a 110-person restaurant, a houseboat, and a converted 24,000-square-foot dealership, converting that into offices, storefronts, storage, and a warehouse. 
He is based in British Columbia, Canada. And you can say hi to him at his website, which is revenue.com, R-E-V-N-Y-O-U.com. So Gary, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. I guess um, people will hear the accent and think that doesn't sound Canadian. So I was born in the UK. I grew up normal. I say normal upbringing. Normal in these days was divorced parents, single mom, didn't have that silver spoon start that a lot of people have. I got to 18, thought, I don't know what I want to do. Ended up going in the military, served 11 years in the Royal Navy, served in the Afghanistan conflict, the Iraq conflict, Bosnia. And then I got to go to over 100 countries in the world. That gave me a real perspective on, I guess, life in general. My father passed away when I was 21, which enabled me, but it kind of started me on the real estate path ahead of the curve then. I managed to purchase a house. I did 11 years in the Navy, got injured while I was in service. And in 2005, I was pensioned out the military. And in 2007, I emigrated over to Canada. And a couple of years after that was when I really started investing seriously as following a plan and had a goal in mind when I was doing it. So that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Fast forward to now, I'm a full-time investor, I guess. All my income is generated around my real estate businesses. And I kind of get to live the life that I planned when I was 16 years old. So I'm pretty lucky and grateful for where I've got to and the, the challenges I've, I've had along the way and the lessons they've taught me. So when you first started to invest, you kind of went over your portfolio. What was your original focus? I'll take a quick jump back. My first investing where someone else was doing it was a friend said when I was an impressionable age, maybe he's 18, 19, and he said, oh, such and such has rentals and he gets X amount of dollars per month and something just triggered in my head and then when I had my house first house I purchased after my father passed away my wife at the time I was like let's just rent this out and when we move and she said I don't want to deal with rentals rentals are the headaches you got to deal with tenants that story that people say and I listened to it and I didn't do that and then when I left the military I had a house down the south coast of England and I'm like you know what I'm keeping this and I'm renting it out and it was purely a mathematical choice it was just I've figured that where I'm moving to and renting and what I would get for rent there, I was like 200 bucks a month better off. There was no plan around it. Subconsciously, I wanted to have about three houses over my working career. Retire at 60, I would have had my military pension and three houses. That was kind of my goal. And I don't know where that came from, how that was planted in me. But then I emigrated to Canada. I bought a single family townhome and that was for my kids' college. That was the idea behind it. My kids end up not going to college and we can get into that a bit deeper if we want. But I guess I was looking for a way to create income within houses. I didn't want to do the job I was doing when I emigrated. I just used that to get to Canada, which was a life goal. And then I'm like, I don't want to do this till I'm 60. So I kind of looked at real estate investing and how I could generate revenue. And we started doing single family homes. And from those single family homes, we would actually go in act as the general contractor. Now, a little caveat to that, I do have some skills. I'm a qualified electrical engineer. So I have an ability. I'm a certified electrician and that I brought to the table. So I utilized those. I didn't have money. So I started joint venturing really early on. And through joint venturing, that's where I managed to create a portfolio. And we were doing like two, three single family homes, buying them, putting a suite in them, and then refinancing, moving on to the next. The Burr type strategy, it wasn't exactly that, but it was a variation of that. 
And that's what got me to a point where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm full-time at this. And then in the last few years, again, you look at life, you get to each stage and you get to each goal that you achieve. And I was kind of like, rather than going out and looking for real estate, I looked at what I want real estate to do for my life. And that was like a switch. And that's how we ended up buying the resort that's on the lake. And even though it's a business, it was a real estate purchase because the assets themselves, the land assets, the property assets were worth the same price as the business buying effectively. So it was, we were buying this for me. So now my focus looking forward is just to keep growing properties, but I have a different strategy. I'm not involved in the day-to-day real estate as much as just looking at the bigger picture stuff and I guess cherry picking the deals. Thank you for sharing that. So after the single family homes, the next non-single family home purchase was the holiday resort. No, it would have been the dealership. So it was an old Ford dealership from the 50s. So it had the car mechanic shop, the body shop, the paint shop, warehouse, the showroom. And the lady who owned that building, I was actually at a funeral and we were sitting at the table and I'm from a smallish town, you know, people know everyone, it's 25,000 people in the town. And she said, oh, would you look at my property? I've been trying to sell it. I was like, sure, I'll look at it. And honestly, I was being polite. I was going to look at it, but I had no intention of buying it. And I'm walking through the property and I'm just looking at the space going, well, this is a space that would rent individually. This is a space that would rent individually. I could put mini storage here, here, and here. So I'm just doing the math in my head as I walk around. And then we walked into this huge warehouse, like 3,000 square foot, 35 foot ceilings. And I was just like, wow, I was blown away. And this building was made from all first grow fir wood. So even if you knock the building down, you could probably sell the wood and get back the money that we were paying for the building. And I was like, well, this makes sense. So then I made a few phone calls to some investor friends I have. We each put in $100,000 and bought it for $500,000. So that was the next one after single family homes. And that actually, when you deal with single family homes, there's a certain lifestyle that comes around that, especially if you're managing them, which we were. We had a property management company, which looked after that plus another 50 doors. And the commercial real estate was just so much better. It seemed to be for me, for what I wanted to do for to get some time back. And the tenants are great. They're all professional people in all the different spaces. We've got plumbers, electricians, roofers. They all rent different spaces within the building. And the holiday resort, that came about a year after purchasing the commercial space. It's actually the local pub and restaurant on the lake where I was living anyway. It's a houseboat marina. There's 12 houseboats that go out. There's a marina. And we knew the owner. We knew he wanted out. So we had a conversation. We looked at the books and it made sense. And then it was like a switch. It's like, okay, because we lived on the lake, but I didn't enjoy the lake because I was always doing something else, albeit real estate related. And I loved what I do, by the way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about anything I've done. But this gave me the chance to actually live and work on the location that I want to spend my life. I was like, wow, this is just a slam dunk. So why would we not do this? So we got creative. We raised some capital privately. We had some joint venture partners. We got a vendor take back on the mortgage. You name it, the strategies were involved in the purchase of that property. So it wasn't very straightforward, but it was everything I'd learned from the single family homes, that skill set that I could transfer to enable us to buy that business. Going back to the old Ford dealership, it sounds like a lot of work. How'd you know that, oh, this would be good for storage? No, I could put offices here. No, storefronts. Oh, the wood. I could sell the wood. How did you know all that? <laughs> I seen her outside, she's having a smoke outside and I was driving past and I remember thinking in my head, oh, I said I would go look. So I should, because that's what I said I'd do. So I just did a U-turn, went back and it looks like three little single story storefronts from the road that you drive past every day. So I thought it was like three boxes you'd see in a strip mall. It looked like that. 
And then I'll go inside and I'm looking and they're each individually located. So where the garage used to be, where they'd repair the cars, that had its own unit. It had a three-bay garage, its own office, its own washroom. Then the showroom had its own office, its own area. Then there was a middle room that I guess would have been management, like the middle building. And same thing, had its own office, all broken down already. And then he showed me the outside space that was under the deck that was the body shop. And I'm like, wow, this could fit six vehicles in here at least. Or someone could use this space. It's actually a fabric company that's in there now. But it's a good usable space, had its own office. So everything was already compartmentalized. But what she'd been doing was using the main showroom for herself, just for her little sewing business. And then she'd been renting the warehouse out to fisheries. That's all she'd done with the building. Everything else is just, oh, I've got got some stuff in there. I've got a friend that's got some stuff. And then she showed me the middle floor of this building. It's all two by 10, side on side, butted up against each other. And I know it's fair, just you can tell and the time it was built. And I was just looking at it going, you could park a tank on this roof. So then we got the drawings to the building. And I'm like, wow, the amount of material that is in this to create the strength, what they used at the time, there is huge value in that. So I was like, well, makes sense. And I did the math and the building itself, the minute it generated at six and a half, but I think you'd be running between 10 and $12,000 based on market rents. And for $500,000, that 1% rule, it absolutely crushes that. So I was like, well, why would we not do this? So we moved our personal offices into this and we set up our studio for doing our YouTube channel stuff. And then we rent the rest of the space out in the building to cover costs and make profit. I wish I could say it was an open space and I designed the idea, but it was already set up. <laughs> okay. So you bought it for 500 grand. How much did you have to put into it to get it ready to go? 200,000. 200K, okay. Who did the work? Was it just your contractors you had met through single family business or... Did you find someone new? How did you find the people that did that work? I've got a pretty good team from doing the single family homes. And we got to where we were doing three, four properties a year, plus all the odd jobs that come with managing 50, 60 units. So I've got my backup plumber, electrician, backup electrician, framer, drywall. All those people were in place. We did do some of it ourselves. Chris and my business partner, we kind of did our office space. And when we were looking through the building, the old big glass sliding doors that they would have had on the showroom they were actually downstairs in the storage. So we just framed up a two by six <laughs> wall and put the big glass sliding doors in. And that's our offices through all these big sliding doors at the back of the showroom. So we have our own sectioned off space. So that's the only thing we did ourselves was set that up. But for the most part, it was pretty much set up, ready to go. A couple of partition walls, an upgrade on the hydro and some new lights and escape lights for the separate spaces. And that was it. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that 200 grand, 70,000 of that was a new roof just because it's a huge space. And we did this silicon roof on it. It's got a 50-year warranty. So that was a huge chunk of the money was that. And then hydro was probably about $30,000. So a hundred grand just on those two things. And the rest, a hundred thousand dollars goes pretty quick once you're doing flooring and trim and little bits of work. Got it. Very fascinating stuff. All right, Gary, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Actually take steps and do it. Don't sit and wait. Get some knowledge, which is free. You've got awesome podcasts like this that you can listen to. You don't have to pay tens of thousands of dollars for the knowledge. Get the knowledge that you can for free. Pay a little bit of money to get some more refined knowledge and then go take action. That's it. Action will teach you more than any mentor or coach. Second tip would be find a good mentor. You don't have to pay for that. That would be someone that's done it successful, is willing to let you take them for dinner take them for a coffee, bounce some ideas. If you can get a good mentor, you're going to jump leaps and bounds ahead of everything else. 
and listen to what they say. All right, Gary, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay, let's go. All righty. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Okay, Gary, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I so wanted to plug my own book right there, but (laughs) which is about human evolution. And I actually use that when I'm discussing with my JV partners just about how we think. It's a mindset because real estate, managing, buying, it's all about a mindset. And I've actually used parts of that book where he talks about human evolution to help people understand about where we've got to and why we do the things we do. And people are like, wow, that's so good. Didn't even talk about real estate, but they became a joint venture partner through discussing that book, Sapien. So crazy, not a real estate book, but I think one of the best books is written by Julie Broad called More Than Cashflow. That book is fantastic because I think anybody who goes on the real estate journey, that is pretty much the journey that most people will go through. You read the books, you sign up for the courses, you pay some money, you make some mistakes, you keep going, you achieve success. And that first book you said, I think I might have missed that. What was the first book? Sapiens. Okay. By Harari. It's actually about humanity and the evolution of us as a species. But I actually used part of that book when I was discussing mindset with people who were looking at being joint venture partners. And that conversation they even said to me was a turning point for them understanding their own belief systems. Nice. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? You know what? To start with, I go get a job in McDonald's. I've got some money and I can have a roof over my head and have some food. Somebody said to me once, if you lost everything, what would you do? And I went, not there's anything wrong with working in McDonald's, but I'm willing to go do anything to put a roof over my head and put food in my mouth and clothe my family. So Mm -hmm. if I'm willing to do that, why would you not take the risks to go try something better and aim big? So I would go get a job first. Then I would start looking for new joint venture partners and I would move the business on and start again. You just keep going. If it fails, you start again and keep going. It's like picking yourself up from walking, right? It's like saying, what would you do if you fell over? You pick up and you keep going. What is the best ever deal you've done? Was probably my first joint venture. That was the house I bought when I came to Canada. I bought it individually. I put $6,000 down. Then joint ventured with my cousin a year later. He gave me $20,000. There's a whole story behind this, but he gave me $20,000. He didn't have to qualify. I managed the property, but I used that money to take my family for a trip back to the UK and have three and a half weeks over Christmas. And that one transaction made me look and go, wow, I put 6,000 in. I got 20,000 back a year later and I still own half the property. That's a Mm. 333% ROI. And I didn't really understand ROI, but this opened my eyes to the real percentages you can make using real estate, using joint ventures. And that was it. I just said to myself, how do I do that more? And that was that one there, my first property in Canada, because that opened my eyes to ROI and huge returns. And it ignited the fire. What is the best ever way you like to give back? 
I had a leadership company. Well, I still have a leadership company that we do from time to time. And I work with a lot of youth at risk. So I help the youth at risk develop their leadership skills just so they can do simple things like go get a job, go find a place to rent. And a lot of them I'll talk about getting the first place to rent and how they should show up and how they should answer people, communicate with people, shake their hands. So I like working with the youth at risk. There's 15 to 19 year olds that are on the verge of going one way or the other. And hopefully if you can give a tiny bit of guidance to even one person like that, you have no idea how far that ripple can go where it can change someone's life. And I know that was done to me at an early age and that's why I like doing it. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? I think if people email us at info at com or connect with us on Facebook, that'll be best. You said you have a YouTube channel, right? We do, yes. It's same as well. Revenue with real estate, R-E-V-N-Y-O-U. I think we're about 7,700 subscribers right now. Nice, good stuff. Well, thanks, Gary, for joining me today and going over your background and your journey to how you got to where you are today from in the UK, in the military, to moving to Canada and becoming a full-time real estate investor. We talked about how you got started in single-family homes through JVs, as well as doing some of the rehab yourself as a GC, as well as eventually the management company, which made you realize that commercial real estate was a better play for you. So you did the old Ford dealership, which you found at a funeral of all places. And you talk about how much it costs, how you analyze the deal when you're walking through it. And then after that was the holiday resort, which again, you walked us through how you got that deal as well and how that made you start to think about how to use real estate to get what you want out of life. I thought that that was solid advice. And then your best ever advice was to really just take action. Don't sit and wait get some knowledge that you can now get for free pretty easily online, different websites and YouTube channels and blog posts and podcasts. And then if you need to, maybe pay a little bit of money to get some more refined knowledge and then start taking action because that action will teach you more than any mentor or coach will teach you, but you still also said that it makes sense to get a mentor, but you don't necessarily have to pay a lot of money. Just find someone who's done what you are trying to do. And then the goal would be to take them out for dinner or coffee to pick their brain and give some advice on how to end up where they're at. So thanks again, Gary, for taking the time out of your day to speak with us today. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Theo. Have a great day and it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.